genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello there. Welcome to episode 64 of 15 Minutes of Genius. For those out there that love Nintendo or love Nintendo N64, right? That's what I think. Every time I see the number 64, I think of N64, Nintendo 64. That only makes sense to people that um, are, I think, maybe about 40 years old and, or, or below, which is me and my guest. We're in that, we're in that category. So uh, before introducing our guest, just a big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N. at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He's the one that put this awesome, looks like a head on, on our background, but is actually a transparent graphic. He did that. I'm going to hold it like it's actually there. There you go. And uh, he also is a, the main producer for this entire show, all the graphics, all the effects. Everyone ever run your own podcast? He's the man for it. He can do it right here in Manhattan Beach. Uh, so make sure to reach out to him, Mark N, ManhattanBeachStudios.net. So our guest, um, I don't have a description here because I want to leave enough time to talk about everything that's happened in this man's life in the last, you know, two and a half weeks and also before that, but big events happening in the last two and a half weeks. So Ari Tolwin, he's the co-founder of New Milk. Ari, how's it going? Pretty good, Alex. How are you doing? Doing very good, very good. Thanks for staying up. Marginally late. I say marginally because it's 8, around 8 p.m. your time uh, in New York, 5 p.m. our time here in L.A. So big happenings. Uh, your life changed on March 26, 2021, which is uh, almost about two weeks ago from uh, when we're taping this. Uh, Ari aired on Shark Tank with his brand, New Milk, with his partner, Joe. Tell us, I'm not even trying to explain it, what happened that night. Tell us what happened. Tell us about uh, what happened with Mark Cuban. Tell us what happened with the money. Um, how did the Sharks like it? Just give us all the details about the show. Yeah, so it was a great experience. I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank. And, you know, I, I think I'd start, the first thing I'd say is, you know, so you walk out there, the doors open and you walk out there, right? And I've seen the show so many times and I walk out there and my, my sort of like gut level reaction immediately is, I'm watching an episode of Shark Tank, just like I've seen so many times, right? right? And I'm standing there and I'm just like, all right, they're going to start talking soon. Um, but the thing with Shark Tank is you, you, the only thing that you actually practice is you practice that little pitch, you know, that you see the first like 30 seconds or 60 seconds, right? And so we had practiced it so much, which was good because I still thought that I was watching Shark Tank. But then something in you just like you just press play and then the pitch just comes out and then and then it starts to be a conversation. But at the beginning, it was like, you know, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare. You're like, I'm going on the show. I'm going on the show, going on the show. And then you walk out there and you're like, oh, I'm just I'm just watching another episode because it's really exactly like you've seen so many times before. And the interesting thing about this year was obviously it was during COVID. And so we had quarantined for two weeks in advance of taping. And so when you're quarantined for two weeks in advance of taping Shark Tank, what do you do all day? you watch Shark Tank. <laughs> and yeah. so we had seen, literally had binged, you know, season after season after season after season. So I walk out there and I'm like, oh man, it's the same thing I've been doing every single day, like laying in bed for the last 14 days. Um, and so the episode the episode was, uh, the pitch went, went great. Um, we made a $2 million deal with Mark Cuban, which is one of his biggest deals. Um, it, we got some offers uh, from, uh, we got an offer from Kevin as well. Um, it was a really, a, it was a great conversation. It was a ton of fun. 
um, to be with the, you know, with all the sharks. So, you know, no complaints couldn't have possibly um, gone better from that perspective. And, you know, especially during COVID when, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on um, to be able to have such a cool experience was, you know, especially, you know, especially, you know, we're especially grateful for it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, big, big congrats, man. I mean, if I haven't said it before, I'm saying it now. Huge congrats on the results of the show and also the um, the exposure on the show as well. And uh, what's interesting is like a lot of people don't know that the show tapes about anywhere from three months before to like almost a year before it actually airs. So when did when did the uh, I know it was different this season with the quarantine and with COVID and it was in Vegas instead of in, in Culver City. Uh, tell us when did this actually tape and uh what was your experience just like working up to it and getting you know before you went out there and the preparation and all that and were you nervous didn't look nervous but tell us more about your 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 thoughts and feelings going into it well the 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 biggest piece of the prep that was unique this year is we had to pass four covid tests in order to actually go and pitch wow not one not two not three but four no, and and the biggest thing was so first you had to get tested in new york before you even flew out there and you know, it was the summer. And so obviously I was being super careful, but number one, you can get hit with a false positive. And number two, you could have an asymptomatic case, right? And so really our biggest concern was like, oh man, like I really don't want to get tested positive, you know, and not even be sick, you know, and not, and, and miss out on Shark Tank. So thankfully we were good there. And then once we had arrived, it would have been theoretically possible if we tested positive to still get on, although it would have been pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're in our rooms for two weeks and we have this great idea. Um, we're eating hotel food for two weeks. We're not really getting a ton of physical exercise because we're just in the room, right? We can't even go down the hall and get ice. And so great idea. We're going to do intermittent fasting, right? And so we're intermittent fasting and it happened to be as luck had it. We were fasting the day of the, of our pitch and we didn't think like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe we should make an exception today and have breakfast, right? <laughs> and so so we get out there and our pitch was was quite long, much longer than I think typical, obviously yep. much, much longer than you see on the show. Mm-hmm. And so about 15 or 20 minutes in, I had, there was just, there was no sugar left in my body. There was, no, there was nothing, right? There was no genius juice. There was nothing. So um, I'm, the last half of the episode, I'm sort of like fighting through it, right? And we're trying to We're like trying to keep our energy. We're trying to smile. You know, they tell you, you know, you need high energy on TV, high energy, high energy, and Mm -hmm. we've got nothing left. And so we're kind of fighting through the second half of the, of the, of the pitch. And then at the end, Mark made us our offer and I love to negotiate. I want to negotiate. Uh, but all I could come up with, you know, Mark was at five and we had asked, uh, Mark was at seven. We had asked for five and I, I just couldn't think of anything intelligent to say. So I'm like six, you know, and I'm like pleading with him like six yeah. and he's, he's right there. And he's like, no, he's like, no, dude, that's weak. You know, that's weak. Get that out of here. You know, <laughs> exactly. And, and from what I recall too, cause yeah, I did, I did sense that from you. I remember there was like, you know, let's do six. And now, now I know the backstory that you had no, uh, your blow, your, your, your blood sugar level was probably like at all time lows. And you were just like, can, can this just be over? Because I'm here, I did my pitch, we're gonna get a deal, let's just settle like right here, right now. So I, I got that from you, like in, in your body language, and now I know the reason yeah. behind it. So the final deal was, let me see how good my memory is, if I'm actually a genius. It was 7%, and then if you need, on, on the first million, and then the second million was 3% for 10% total, right? 
Exactly, exactly. Okay. And that's where I should have been better at negotiating instead of saying, oh, six, you know, which was kind of silly. I should have oh, said, hey, we'll give you your 10. A lot of entrepreneurs do that on the show. They just go down yeah. by a percentage or two. Yeah. So it's common. What I should have done is Mark wants 10. Take your 10, give us two and a half. And he, he might have said yes to that. But Got I it. missed that what he was anchoring on is he wanted the 10. You know, does two or two and a half matter to Mark? Not, I mean, I don't want to talk for the guy, but probably not, right? It's probably more about, hey, he wants 10%. That feels like a substantial stake. And so if I did it again, I probably would have said, you know, two and a half and you have a deal. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But, I mean, everything is kind yeah. of, um, in retrospect, hindsight is is twenty twenty, And um, I mean, like for our deal, right? Like our, our deal, the Genius Juice deal, um, it fell through. But it was, it was an interesting negotiation because Mark Cuban was out originally, right? Everyone, I thought everyone was going to be out because Rohan was out, who's the beverage, like the godfather of beverage, you know, the beverage whisperer, they call him. And then Barbara's like, I'll do 25% for, I forget, I think she said 15% for um, a quarter million. Then I'm like, how about 11? And then Mark came in and he's like, I'll come in. Barbara will come in 25%. I think the reason I'm, I'm explaining this story, not to plug Genius Juice, is that there's a certain time where when you're out there for over an hour, right? I'm sure you were out there for nearly an hour, over an hour. You just want the thing to be over. I mean, all the energy to work up just to get out there and preparation and the nerves. And then you're yeah. going through the pitch and you have to act energetic. But also, like, you have to be energetic and TV friendly. But also, your business is on the line at the same time. That's an, that's an incredibly tough negotiation where you're in front of millions of people. So I, I vibe with you, Ari, where I just wanted it to be over. So when they said two of us for 25, I'm like, I could go to 22 or 23. But 25, I just yeah. want to get out of here right now. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. So, But anyway, so tell us, um, after Shark Tank aired, uh, what is the effect of it, right? We call it the Shark Tank effect, as I'm sure you've heard a million times. You have your the small unit. You have the large unit in stores. What has happened in those two weeks since airing? Tell us more. Yeah, so it's it's been insane. Um, I'll just give you a window into that first, uh, you know, the first few days. So after the first few days, you know, we had planned a little bit in advance. You never know exactly how it's going to go down, but it's like, hey, you're going to cover this. I'm going to cover this. You're going to cover this, right? And so we planned a little bit in advance, and you know, we kind of felt like we had everything handled. And then Joe remembered that we have a contact form on our website where people can put inquiries in, um, but that doesn't route automatically to our email. We have to go in and manually check it. And so he goes in and he checks it and we had 700 inquiries. Wow. Just from the night, just from the air. This was after a couple of days. We, we didn't, we didn't even think about it for a few days. Wow. And so after a couple of days, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we have 700. And so like, we don't really, you know, we've never really had a mailing list. Um, we've never really been, you know, we've never really sold DTC. So we've never really been particularly sophisticated in terms of, you know, the interwebs, um, as they say. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to try to make some sense of these 700 inquiries. Some of these are coffee shops. Some of these are people, right? We're going to try to make some sense and we're going to send out a couple emails. And so I sent out the first email um, from my new milk email address, which has my cell phone number in the bottom. And that went to about 300 people that had made inquiries about wanting machines in their homes. And they start so calling these are, you, these right? are just consumers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got to be careful, man. Like, when, especially because you're a Shark Tank star, they just want to talk to you. Like, how was Shark Tank? And, you know, they're going to text you, they're going to call you. 
Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the home unit, okay? Because that's mm-hmm. the one that really, I think that was, to me, what got the deal done, right? Is like, they're like, this can be not only in stores, which again, it's more expensive to have the big units, but these small yeah. units, anyone in America, right, can buy this, right? There it is. Boom. Mark, good Ab- timing Absolutely. On so tell us and more so, about it. And when is it going to be available to the masses? I know you have a Kickstarter. So, but tell us more about when can we actually buy this and get this um, uh, on our, on our uh, countertop? Yeah, and this was an incredible part of the of the Shark Tank episode. It didn't all make it into the final cut, but we had the the kiosk um, on the show, and the countertop machine, the home machine, was hidden. And so Damon, who you know we know primarily invests in you know either supporting young young entrepreneurs, mentoring them, or you know stuff that's you know fashion, clothing, right? And so Damon went out because it wasn't it wasn't the right fit for him, um, but he said. The, the grocery store machine, he's like, man, that thing is awesome. I wish I had one in my kitchen. And so then I turned to Joe. I said, hit him with it. And Joe brought out the countertop machine. Nice. And Damon said immediately, he's like, that is a necessity. And I think this made it on the episode. He said, that's a necessity for the kitchen. So, you, you know, we didn't, we didn't do a deal with him, but uh, was incredibly supportive of us throughout the pitch, which was awesome. Um, the countertop machine, we're super, super excited about it. It's amazing. It really furthers our mission in terms of, you know, reducing the plastic waste, reducing the carton waste. Mm-hmm. And also, and you know this, Alex, and we both learned it for a long time in the industry. You have such a difficult supply chain throughout. And so being able to go right to the consumer um, is more efficient and really furthers our mission in terms of being better for the environment. Um, as far as availability, we have our commercial machines ready now. That we're shipping uh, to coffee shops, to cafes, to small grocery stores. That's the big uh, kiosk that, w- that was on the show, right? We have a commercial version of the countertop machine as well. And so okay. it's stainless steel. Um, it's more durable. It has a few additional features, uh, automatic water filling and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's available now. And then the in-home unit will be available late next summer. So late summer 2022, which sounds like it's 100 years from now, but uh, actually just it's next year. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's like a year ago we were just, uh, you know, COVID hit, right? And that was over a year ago and it went by like, like yeah. that. So before we know it, we'll be making almond milk on our, uh, you know, in our kitchens. And what's, what's really great is um, I'm one of the few Americans, at least right now that um, there's many out there actually, but investing in a almond milk maker, almond milk machine. My wife has a connection. We got a machine. It was enormous right this is for the countertop right this is not a commercial one it was literally like this big this wide it takes up the entire counter it takes a long time to make the almond milk it has to churn it and so the technology wasn't bad but when i compare it to like yours yours is like i'm gonna use your city like the new york yankees you know the other one was like an old you know a very outdated version that took way too long so how long does it take to process the almonds into almond milk is it, do you just pour almonds on the top? Do you use the packets that I see on your website? Tell us more about the consumer uh, experience. Yeah, so it's very, it's very quick to take about 45 seconds to make a quart of fresh plant-based milk. And um, you, you basically, you get a recyclable or compostable packet from us, mm-hmm. uh, almond milk, cashew milk. You get the almonds sweetened with organic maple syrup or just you know completely plain uh, oat milk. Uh, we have black sesame right now is our rotating milk base. Uh, in the past, we've done hemp. We've done black walnut. We've done. Uh, we did a pumpkin in the fall uh, in October. We did vegan eggnog for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Nice. Um, and then we have we have indulgences, and so we have uh, we have chocolate milk. Uh, we have 
uh, a line of lattes. So matcha latte, super high quality. Everything's organic. Everything's fair trade. We're available. Um, no, you know, no filler ingredients at all. We have something called moon milk latte, which is super cool. It's got chamomile. It has pink dragon fruit. It has ashwagandha, cinnamon, nutmeg, maple, and vanilla uh, with cashews. Um, so really flexible machine. Takes about 45 seconds. Um, you use our pouches, recyclable and compostable. And the, the way that the reason we designed the system the way we did, exactly to your point, Alex, is that the way that you make uh, dairy-free milks primarily at home now involve a straining step mm-hmm. where let's say you grind almonds maybe in your in your uh, Vitamix or whatnot at home and then you strain it you strain it out through a cheesecloth or through a bag. The problem with that is that you're creating pulp that you're separating out and in most cases that pulp becomes food waste. Uh, and so what we do is we mill the ingredients in advance very fine so that there's no food waste um, in the creation of our plant-based milks. I love that. That's something I did not know about your product because you're right. Like when you blend almonds and and water, right, at, at home, it's very thick and viscous and then it's very manual. So I, I love this where you can have packets of freshly ground milled almonds or cashews and all these things and you can and you can infuse different functional ingredients. I think that's a brilliant idea. And what Damon said best is like this is something that could be literally in like in every kitchen in America because there is nothing, I can say this from being like a vegan at one point, I'm a vegetarian now, there is nothing like fresh nut milk. There is nothing, you know, compared to having it processed, right? And like, you know, and, and bottled, it's not bad. Nothing like fresh almond milk. And, you know, you'll it's you, once you taste it, you'll believe it. So, all right. So I guess, how did it work though? Like you're, you're, you have pre-orders, right? Let's, let's go into, I want to plug your Kickstarter right now. So you have pre-orders on this tabletop unit that will be available next year. Um, I checked this morning, you were breaking 200,000, which is like, you know, awesome stuff. Congratulations. How much are you going to raise on there? How much do you need to fulfill these pre-orders? Are you just going to keep keep the machine rolling as people are just investing? Yeah, we'll, we'll probably keep it rolling. Um, you know, one of the things is, you know, with Kickstarter is how many people are willing to buy an appliance that's going to be, you know, in market 16 months from now. Um, and so our sense is that apparently a lot, was available to, <laughs> a lot of uh, people. Yeah. So, yeah, we're at about we're at about a thousand. So, you, you know, about 200 bucks each. About, we're about a thousand units right now. Um, but the amount of comments that we got messages on social emails. Uh, I'll do it. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, for every for every person that's saying I'm participating in the Kickstarter, there's another 10 that are like, I can't wait for it to come to market. I'm going to buy it when it comes to market. Because Kickstarter is a little bit of a unique thing, right? It's not like going to the store and just pulling one off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we feel, we actually feel really, really good um, about the demand. Um, but the key is the, is the usage. And so we have a challenge, right? We have two challenges. The challenge number one is do people want to buy the appliance, right? But we're not done there because if people bought the appliance and it sits in their bottom cabinet, then... We just created more waste and contributed to the problem that we're trying to solve. And so the key is um, after we get the appliances out there, which seems like there'll be plenty of people that want to buy them, we have to make sure that they're used and that they're they're appreciated, that they're enjoyed, um, and that you know it, we're driving people away from dairy to plant-based um, and having you know positive impact on their health and also reducing the you know the waste. Whereas maybe before they were buying something that was single use that they'll toss out, and now they're using mm-hmm. you know new milk and 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 so really just selling the machines is only half the battle. The other half is making sure that it's compelling on an ongoing basis for people to use regularly. 
Yeah, and that's where the subscription base is going to be very, very crucial, right, for your website and D2C yeah. is getting people to order these packets uh, over and over and over again. Are the packets refrigerated? Are they shelf-stable? or? Yeah, so they're, they're shelf-stable, and it's one of the wow. unique things about plant-based milk is typically when you have something that's you know perishable product, usually the ingredients are perishable, right? The ingredients are perishable and the product's perishable. But with plant-based milk, I mean, almonds are shelf-stable. Yep. Oats are shelf-stable. All the ingredients are shelf-stable, and they're only perishable when you mix it with water. And so that allows a few things. It allows for the packets to be you know efficiently distributed, but it also allows them to be accessible from a price point. And so if you think about you know the quality plant-based milks that you might find in Whole Foods, you know I'm not going to mention names, even though I'm I'm a fan of all the brands, but you know they're often five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks for a quart, mm -hmm. whereas you know a pouch that will make an organic, fresh, plant-based milk, a quart, you know, will cost three dollars, and you know maybe it'll be I don't want to prejudge completely, but if you get a subscription, maybe it'll be two dollars and seventy cents. Mm -hmm. um, and so not only will it be something fresh, organic, pure, clean that you can make at home is delicious, but you know it might end up being half the price of, of what you'd pay in the store for something comparable. And it's really because the ingredients themselves are shelf-stable, and so therefore are we're much more efficient as far as distribution goes. That's uh, to me what you call winning, <laughs> like the fact that it's eco-friendly, it tastes better, it's fresher, it's less money, you're helping the environment, everything like check, check, check all the way down. I'm going to put my $200 down like tonight. You know, I have Tesla stock. Tesla did pretty well today, went up 2%. You know, so I do a little trading early in the morning when the, when the market opens at 6.30. Not to say I'm a full-time trader, just want to let everyone know I do it right at 630. I trade for 15 minutes and I'm done for the day and I'm focusing on genius juice. That's for all the investors out there that have invested in us. I want to let you know I'm on genius, but I definitely, I'm going to put 200 down. It's going to be a little bit of a wait, but okay. Tell us last question. Why the long wait? I think I know the answer, but for those that are, that are on here that are contemplating to put their payment in and to uh, get this machine and support your cause, uh, why is there a long wait? And could that be moved up possibly? Just tell us more about that. Yeah, so our, our commercial machines are available now. Um, and so the, the fundamental architecture is there, but you know we just wanna make sure that we, um, we're, A, we're hitting the right price point, B, we're hitting the right uh, machine design, um, and C, you know if you're putting an appliance in somebody's home, it's gotta be perfect. And so, you know, we don't want to take any shortcuts as far as the engineering goes, the design, the transition to manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we expect to, you know, make a lot of these, put out a lot of them and for them to be, you know, enjoyed and appreciated in people's homes for, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years. You know, exactly. we don't want to make a piece of junk that, you know, ends up in the trash after a week. So um, to do that, it really takes a long time. Um, and we and we baked in a little bit of conservatism there. You know, people are impacted right now. The supply chains are a little tight because of COVID. And, yep. you know, it's a little cliche to say COVID this, COVID that, you know, but the reality is, is that everything is a month or two months behind. And so we baked in a little bit of time there. But, you know, bringing an appliance to market, you know, you know takes, takes a long time. We have an amazing engineering team, very experienced team. A lot of uh, people have worked on, on Keurig and other awesome appliances um, that are on the new milk team now. Um, so we definitely have the right team in place, but it it just takes it takes time to really get it right so that you can be in you know thousands and ten thousands and hundreds of thousands of kitchens in the U.S. around the world. It's just uh, I'm the most impatient person out there. So <laughs> right, I, I know, I, I, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just getting to know you. I remember uh, in the Happy Tree days, you were just like this account, this account, this account, and producing this. I'm getting new flavors out, and like I remember 
you were like, go, go, go. And I think with this, I think any, you know, an important element for entrepreneurs that are, that are watching, which is like good things come in time and you want to get it right the first time, because sometimes, and a lot of times you do not have a second chance uh, with the consumer. If it's not right the first time, you're going to lose them for life. So take a play out of Ari's playbook, take your time, do it right and nail it on the first time. And I, I compare it to like, you know, Elon Musk and Tesla talking about them again. They spent years developing the Model 3, right? Probably five, six, seven years. <clears throat> the Model 3 is their economic version, right? You know, the Model S is like your big kiosk version, right? The more expensive version. They spent an extra couple years. People were complaining, you know, wait list. And it's, this is taking a year, two years. Where's my Model 3? Look where he is now. He's the second richest man um, in the world. So good things are worth waiting for. So congrats, man. We're going to get into our next segment here, which is called Rapid Fire Questions. Rapid Fire Questions. All right. And you can tell we have all new branding, right? This is all new. So um, our, bra our new branding is launching uh, like in late April, early May. This is not airing until May. But this is the new head there. We're here. That's a new bottle under you with the Genius Smoothie in the middle. So, yeah, you're getting a first peek at it, man. So, yeah. Don't you feel special? All right. Awesome. It looks great. I love it. Thanks, my man. All right. Uh, so let's get into it. Question. I ask questions. You answer. Let's blow through it really quick. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. First thing you do when you wake up. Open my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> no shame, man. No shame in that. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Our Planet, narrated by David Attenborough. Got it. Not not, not narrated not, by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> no, it's it's and it's not a movie, but Humpback Whales. I just I just love it. I watched it so many times. I love documentaries and nature stuff. Awesome. I got to check that out. Is it on Netflix or where is it? Netflix, 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 awesome. So it's incredible. Footage is incredible. Awesome. I think I saw like, you know, like when you see the image on Netflix and you scroll through, I think it says like, there's a little tag. It says Ari's recommendation. I saw that. I swear I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so song you can listen to an unlimited amount of times. Oh God, that's a tough one. Oh, oh God. Want to pass? Song. You know, but, you know, I will say, I'll say this. So right before COVID, the week before COVID, I was in Mexico. I was in Cancun and I was listening to, you know, you know, Latin hip hop or Spanish hip hop. Right. And then I came back to the U S and I'm locked down, you know, I'm, I'm sheltering in my apartment, you know, for a few weeks and I'm, you know, I'm not depressed, but I'm, you know, kind of was like, you know, a little bumped out. Right. And then it hit me. I was like, bam, I should listen to the music that I listened to in Mexico. And for the last year, I've been listening to almost exclusively Spanish hip hop. And so the reason that I don't know, the song is because I, I have no idea. I don't know what any of saying. the songs. The <laughs> <laughs> Latin, Latin hip-hop. All right, we're in a file yeah. of Latin hip-hop. Cool. And the crazy thing is I thought I was like so unique, right? And then Spotify comes out with this streaming, you know, top artists of the year. And so my playlist is uh, is a Daddy Yankee, uh, Maluma, uh, and a couple others, uh, J Balvin, and a couple others. And it's literally like one, two, three, four, five global like top streaming artists. And so my my this vision of myself that I was like so cutting edge and like listening to this like indie, you know, Spanish hit Latin hip hop was like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, <laughs> that's how late that's, to the party. 
I, I, I definitely relate to you, man, because it's like when I was listening to The weekend, I'm like, man, has anyone ever heard of this band? And then, like, next week they're, <laughs> next week they're on the Super Bowl, like, halftime show. I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm not ahead of the curve. I'm way behind. All right, so a uh, favorite sport to watch? Uh, probably, probably basketball. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, or Google Meet? Which one do you like the most? Zoom is the best one. Zoom is the best. Very intuitive. I mean, we use right? Hangouts. Yeah, we yeah. use Hangouts because we're, we're Gmail for every, Google for everything, so it's so right. easy to do the calendaring. But every once in a while, there's a glitch, and then we go to Zoom, and I mean, Zoom's yeah, it's killer. like flawless. Zoom's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Another, another great stock, Zoom. What is your favorite, what is your spirit animal? Lion. Window seat or aisle seat on an airplane? Uh, short flight, window, long flight, sorry, sorry, short flight aisle, long flight window. Love it. Love it. Never got an answer like that. It's great. Peanut butter or almond butter or neither? Peanut butter. Omnivore, flexitarian, vegetarian, or vegan? Flexitarian. Right on. Cold weather or hot weather? It's a tough one. Oh, man, I'm getting old. You know, we're getting older, man. I got to say hot weather now. You know, you yeah, asked me two years, three years ago, 10 years ago, I'd say cold. But uh, I think I got to say hot now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a runner. But... I'm a runner, and I always thought cold weather was better. But, man, it, like, tears up my joints. So I'm like, dude, I will pass out from heat exhaustion instead of having joint issues. So, all right, so LeBron James or MJ? Oh, I'm from Detroit, man. <laughs> you can't ask me that question. They're both terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with LeBron. Isaiah Thomas. I heard Isaiah Thomas. So right, right. who's your, who's your guy for Detroit? Ben Wallace. You know, I, my, my mom worked for the owner of the Pistons when I was a kid. And so 88, 89, 90, I was seven, eight years old, and I was lucky enough to sit in the owner's suite or even on the floor sometimes. And those teams were amazing. But the Pistons team that won the championship with Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip and Tayshaun and Rashid, that team was incredible. Oh, one of and the just best. Just incredible. I mean, I mean, you think about you had Isaiah Thomas and the and the bad boys. You had Isaiah Thomas. You had Joe Dumars. You had Mark Aguirre. You had legit. You had Vinnie Johnson. You had a legit, you know, stars. And, you know, yeah, a lot of those guys made the all-star team. But before that season started, it wasn't, I mean, Ben Wallace, you know, they, they were they were all role players. And that exactly. team was just incredible, incredible oh, yeah. they, team. They, they crushed it. I remember watching that. It was like circa 2005, right? 2006, something like that? Yeah, I think 2006. You know, they played the Lakers. And the Lakers had that first super team. It was Gary Payton. It was Kobe. It was Shaq. And it was... Just didn't work. I don't know. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the magic was. I gone. forgot who the fourth guy is, but yeah. but I mean, and they crushed them. Oh yeah, that was those are the dark years for the Lakers. Like like I think oh four five four five six seven eight. And then they came back in like nine ten to or ten. Well, 11. yeah, the dark years for the Lakers involved losing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, that is a dark. <laughs> anything less than an NBA championship is the dark year. So that's that's yeah. we're, we're we're spoiled out here, rotten. So there's my uh, crocodile tears. Yeah. <laughs> So ginger or turmeric? Let's wrap this up. Ginger. Favorite food, favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island, you cannot say anything made from new milk and you cannot say genius juice and you cannot say maple water. Uh papaya. Papaya. Good choice, my man. Love All right, papaya. so yep. So that is rapid fire questions with Ari Tolwin, the co-founder. All right. 
Wow. Cheers. Keep going. Let's keep going. It's like a standing ovation at this point. All right. So we got the Shark Tank star working. Mark Cuban invested on the show. We got tons of really great stuff going on with this guy's company. He's going to have a uh, mounted unit that is in your kitchen. It's on. It's not mounted, but it's on the tabletop. Tell us your Kickstarter email address or email. I can't talk. Your Kickstarter web address so people can find it and invest and get one of these puppies. Yeah, so the Kickstarter address is long. It's kickstarter.com slash project slash new milk slash new milk dash home dash plant-based milk machine. <laughs> but if you Google Kickstarter new milk, I'm pretty sure you will find it. That's an easier way to do it. We'll also put the, uh, put the address in the comments below so people can just click it right there. How about that? All right, well, thank awesome. you again, Ari, for joining us. Episode 64, man. Take care, have a wonderful night, and great seeing you. Thanks, great to see you, Alex. Take care. All right, have a good one. All right, so uh, that is our show. Again, we are uh, airing it Tuesdays and Fridays on LinkedIn exclusively. Also, it's on YouTube. Make sure to check it out. And one last thing. Did you just my friends? Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.